Ever snore so loud it registered as an earthquake or you woke up with a throat as dry as the Sahara Desert and a headache that could stop a locomotive? Well, I've had all of these because I have sleep apnea. Hi, I'm Scott Mitchell. Yep, I wear a machine plugged into a wall attached to a hose every night. Sound Sleep Medical changed all of this for me, and they can do that for you. They specialize in providing oral appliance therapy for individuals suffering from sleep disorders. In many cases, oral appliances have proven to be as effective as CPAP machines in treating sleep apnea. The lack of sleep is a serious health risk and has been linked to heart disease, stroke, diabetes, and even depression. The oral appliance I got from Sound Sleep Medical has freed me from a hose. I can go anywhere, and I've never slept better. Call Sound Sleep Medical today. Seriously, for a limited time, the first 25 people that call get a free consultation worth 200 bucks. Call 801-783-5451. It's 801-783-5451. Hello, I'm Jim Bennett. I'm Abby Bennett. And this is Dinner Table Politics. Abby, welcome back. Thank you. Are I'm you, happy to be here. Are you, are you nervous that Jamie might replace you long term? You um, did a very good job last week, I think. Did you I just, would be happy to relinquish my crown to him. You don't know as much about sports as he does. No. So Nobody right. does. Nobody does. But this week, we're not going to talk about sports. We're going to talk about politics. And the excitement of the moment is that the Attorney General is testifying before Congress, and he talked about the snitty letter that Robert Mueller wrote. Snitty? Snitty. It's it's an adjective that isn't used very often, but... I hate it. You don't like it? I hate the sound of it, just how how it hits my ears. I don't like it at all. Well... I snitty. Ugh, I don't I don't blame you. So, let's not talk about the snitty letter. Let's not talk about all of that. There was an article this last week that really hit home for me that uh, brought me back uh, one election cycle before 2016, back to the 2012 election when it was Mitt Romney versus Barack Remember Obama. When we thought the world was going to end then? In 2012? Yeah. Did you ever see that movie? I wish it did. You wish, wish it did. Yeah. Would have saved us a lot of trouble. All right. Well, you, are you going to vote for the sweet meteor of death in 2020? Um, I'm, it depends on their platform. Well, have you read their platform? He's actually, it's a Twitter account called Sweet Meteor of Death. People and, have a lot of time on their hands. Yes, this is very true. Well, back in 2012, when I had a lot of time on my hands, or I didn't really have a lot of time on my hands, but I still wasted a lot of time worrying about politics. There was what they called the Mormon moment. Do you remember the Mormon moment? Around 2012 was around the same time that the Book of Mormon musical came out. Mitt Romney was the nominee for president, the first Latter-day Saint to be a nominee for president. Okay. And Newsweek magazine had on its cover Mitt Romney jumping up and down in a Book of Mormon musical costume. And it said the Mormon moment. And it was really remarkable because... As a Latter-day Saint, I was watching this to see how the world was responding to my faith in a political setting, and very often it wasn't pretty. And the ugliest moment came when, and this was actually, I think it was in 2008. Um, That's way before 2012. It's four years before 2012, when you had a lot of I can pe- count, thanks. There you go. Well, Mike Huckabee 
who was an evangelical Christian, disingenuous, disingenuously was talking to a reporter and he said, don't Mormons believe that Jesus and Satan are brothers? And then dropped it. Oh, I don't know anything about the Mormons. Well, he had spoken at an anti-Mormon convention years before. Do they have those? Oh, yeah. I wonder what the snacks are like. That's a good question. Does it have like cookies with like Mormon and then like an X through it? Like royal icing, red X through it? I'm not sure. Who's the caterer for these benefits, for, for these events? I haven't been to any of them. But at the time... What's uh, the dress code? You're asking a lot of questions that I just can't answer. These are answer. the minutiae that I'm interested in. I need to paint a picture in my mind. All right. Well, you could actually set one up of your own. I'm going to imagine them all in clown costumes. All right. Well, that works for me when you're talking about Mike Huckabee. I really have absolutely no respect for Mike Huckabee. But that's, well, we're going to get into that a little bit. So there were two people in 2008, David and Nancy French, husband and wife, who were evangelical Christians, who created an organization called Evangelicals for Mitt. And they came under fire from the evangelical community because if there's one thing that evangelicals in the South hate more than Democrats, it's Mormons. And they, they, they really took a lot of heat for this, but they ended up supporting Mitt. In 2012, they continued their support, and they actually quoted me in one of their blog posts. Are you excited? How, how big was this organization? I've never heard of it. Well... I don't know how big it was. It was essentially a blog run by two people, but they were very influential within the evangelical community, and they took a lot of heat for supporting a Latter-day Saint for president. Okay. And David French is a writer for National Review. In 2016, his name was actually floated as a possible presidential candidate when they were looking for somebody to run at the last minute as an independent. But that would be... That would be kind of silly for the president of the United States to be President French. Is that any sillier than President Trump? Yeah. French. That's it, it, He can be the president of France. He can't be the president. Oh, I see what you're saying here. Because he's, he's a French yeah. president. All right. Well, it's not going to happen, so you don't have to worry about it. Uh, his slot was essentially taken by Evan McMullen, who ran as the independent, uh, who garnered 22% of the vote in Utah. But I digress. The point is that David French and Nancy French really stuck their necks out for Mitt Romney. And they did so in a faith community that was very hostile to them for doing it. And Nancy French, just this last week, wrote an article for the Washington Post that I want to sort of make the subject of what we're going to talk about here. The, the headline was, Romney was never Christian enough for some Republicans. Somehow, Trump is. And... He gets into Mike Huckabee because Mitt Romney drew fire from Mike Huckabee when Mitt Romney was courageously the only sitting elected official in Congress to come out against Donald Trump after the Mueller report. Okay, I think that's great. I think that's awesome, holding tight to your morales. But we've seen him flip-flop so many times on Trump. Like, before he ran for Senate, he totally denounced Trump on Twitter and was like... 
Um, I think this was like when all the immigration stuff was happening and was like ripping on him then and was like, if if Trump had done this stuff when I was running before, I would have never accepted accepted his endorsement. And then Trump endorsed him later and he said, thank you so much for this endorsement, Mr. President. Like, it seems like he has no backbone. And so now when there's like, he's not going to rerun um, again after this term, he's a, he's the junior senator it doesn't seem like he has any consequences. Like, he can say whatever he wants and nothing's going to happen. So, I don't know. I just find it hard to be impressed by that. That's, that's fair. That's my spiel. Oh, I think that's entirely fair. It's it's easy to um, say the right thing and, like, stick to your morals when nothing, when there's no consequences. Well. Because he has, he's literally gone back on that in the past. And it may very well be that he'll go back on it in the future. So why are we praising him then? Well, I'm using this as a the bad... The bar is so low. <laughs> it's depressing. It's well, like limbo at this point. I understand. I understand. Uh, I'm using this as the backdrop for a larger point, not necessarily to praise Mitt Romney, although I, the fact that no other Republican is willing to do this, it's a little bit like the saying my father used to say that in the land of the blind, the one-eyed man is king. And Mitt Romney, well, if the is, bar is, is so he, low. Is, are they all blind because they don't have eyes or because of like... Or are they purposely blind? Like cataracts and glaucoma? Like does the one-eyed man, is he still blind or is his one eye completely functional? All right. You're getting way too far into the weeds on this. Well, then you shouldn't say that metaphor. All then. right. All right. Take the metaphor back. Anyway, after Mitt Romney said what he said about the Mueller report, Mike Huckabee took to Twitter, and here's his tweet. I'm going to read it to you. He says, Know what makes me sick, Mitt? Not how disingenuous you were to take real Donald Trump's money and then four years later jealously trash him and then love him again when you begged to be Secretary of State, but makes me sick that you got GOP nomination and could have been POTUS. So he's actually kind of on Mike Huckabee's Ugh, side there. Twitter is the mistake. Oh my gosh. <laughs> I'm sick of it. Well, uh, it makes him sick that he got the GOP nomination and could have been POTUS. So Nancy French read that and wrote this article for the Washington Post and said, it's a cheap shot implying that the only thing we should expect from our leaders is that they walk narrowly within the confines of the law and not that they should be held to a higher or even basic moral standard. It also reveals the insincerity with which Huckabee and others once claimed that Christian values should be central in the selection of a president. And Mike Huckabee has gone out of his way to praise the Christianity of Donald Trump, a man who... Are we talking about the same Donald Trump? Yes. I don't think we are. Well, we'll determine whether or not we are when we get back from our break. So why do you think we're not talking about the same Donald Trump? I don't know. When I think Donald Trump, I think um, derogatory words towards women prostitutes, porn stars in general, multiple affairs, um, lying a lot, uh, making fun of disabled people, calling Nazis okay folk. No, very fine people. Very fine people. Right. I don't know. I just don't remember uh, any of that being in the Bible, personally. Actually, I take that back. There were prostitutes in the Bible, definitely. Well. And and adultery. A lot of it. 
I haven't heard anything about Donald Trump and prostitutes. Have you heard? Oh, it? okay. Maybe I'm just confusing. Yeah, porn stars for prostitutes. Por- porn- I, I apologize. There was that whole dossier where supposedly the prostitutes were doing things on a bed that Obama slept in, but that's been that's been debunked all as right. nonsense. I'm sorry. I brought, that's all right. I brought sin into the equation you, you, that didn't that didn't belong there. You you, you have uh, you have cast aspersions on Donald Trump that he doesn't I apologize. deserve. Well, Donald Trump that. deserves pretty much every I aspersion. I redact it. Well. And Donald Trump's religious understanding, you know, he famously gave a talk where he was quoting from 2 Corinthians, and he, he says, as it says in, in 2 Corinthians, it's like anybody who's ever read the Bible knows that that's not how you refer to it. That's not my biggest issue with him by far. I understand that. But Donald Trump is not a man known for his religious sensibilities. And in fact, two years prior to being the nominee for president, was firmly pro-choice, supported partial birth abortion. Abortion seems to be the only issue that evangelicals care about. And Donald Trump's bona fides on those uh, really don't hold up to scrutiny either. Although evangelicals are very happy about the Supreme Court nominees that he's chosen and all of that kind of thing. So, So I suppose they're getting what they're paying for. But it's startling to me and and disturbing to me how easily... They embrace somebody who clearly uh, doesn't really have any kind of a Christian character, who clearly is a believer of convenience, who clearly uh, has never really had any kind of a reputation as a person of faith. Okay, I think that's fair, but then Christians also believe in forgiveness. Right. And there's always second chances. But nothing Donald Trump has done in his presidency has shown me that he's a, a moral person in the slightest well see but here's so the thing weird. i don't know the context though is the comparison that nancy french draws with mitt romney because mitt romney whatever you want to say about mitt romney he's very rich well yes he is he's not as wealthy as donald trump i don't think but yes he's very there's wealthy a really, there's a really funny picture of like his kids at some um campaign event i don't know it was like a, it was a long time ago. It might have been when he was running for president, and they were supposed to be holding up. Each one was like holding up a sign that said to spell out Romney, but it got mixed up, and so they were in the wrong order. And it said our money. Our money. <laughs> yeah, it was funny. Well, the Frenches and evangelicals for Mitt quoted me because I wrote a blog post uh, called "Stake President of the United States" that ended up going viral. It had over a hundred thousand people who had, had looked at it which is a lot more than most of my blog posts. But the whole story was the story that my cousin Grant told about when Mitt Romney was his home teacher. Wait, is this when he put his dog on the roof? No, no. He did that though, right? He put his dog on the top of his car when he went on a vacation. That's messed up. Yeah, and uh, anyway. Yeah. Well, I don't want to get into that. How's the dog doing? I don't know. But the reason why, I'm sure he's dead by now. Aw, now I'm bummed out. I'm sorry. That was that was decades ago. This episode dedicated to Mitt Romney's dead dog. <laughs> Rest in peace. All right. With that, with that as our background, um, the conventional wisdom about Mitt Romney is that he was very rich and out of touch and just somebody who spent a lot of time at the country club, who was sipping Chardonnay by the side of the racetrack. And what was frustrating to me he was... He doesn't sip Chardonnay. He doesn't ship, ship, sip Chardonnay. He 
in fact, was... Sparkling cider. He spent almost all of his free time as a volunteer leader for the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. And it frustrated me to watch the campaign and see him just feel very uncomfortable or look very uncomfortable whenever his faith was raised. Because to understand Mitt Romney, you have to understand his service in the church. And Mitt Romney was a state president in the Belmont, Massachusetts area. And many of my cousins were in his stake. My Aunt Rosemary was the stake relief society president when he was the stake president. And so I have a lot of people who knew him up close and personally. And one of them was Grant Bennett, who is my first cousin. And he was a bishop when Mitt Romney was a stake president. Now, if you're not a member of the church, you don't have any idea what any of that means. And the basic voter who was looking in 2012 at Mitt Romney's life didn't have that context and didn't, under, didn't understand how Mitt Romney was spending his time. I don't think that even if they had, though, he would have won. Well, maybe not. But in this blog post, I tell the story. Mitt Romney was also Grant Bennett's home teacher. And home teachers, if you're not a member of my church, uh, that we don't actually have home teachers anymore, but that's a whole other story. But home teachers are not necessarily people that provide instruction at home. They are people who are who are committed to ministering to people. They hopefully bring treats. They hopefully visit. bring treats. If not, it's a bust. That's exactly right. They, well, I, I've lost my train of thought because now I'm thinking about home teacher treats. Treats. Oh, treats. Yeah. No, so Grant had a hornet's nest right up by his air conditioner on his second floor. And he went out and tried to get rid of it and fell and broke his leg. And Mitt Romney, as his home teacher, came over and said, this, this is a job for your home teacher. And Mitt Romney actually told me this story personally when he came out for a campaign event for my father. I said, I want to hear about this story with the beehive. And he says, oh, yeah, I went and got a trash bag and I made myself some gloves and I went up there and I got rid of the hornet's nest and I, I hauled it out of there. And he described it. He was very proud of the whole process. That's not how the Internet says you should get rid of hornet's nests. Well, you're going to have to talk to Mitt Romney about that. I will. I'm going to raise it up with him. But the thing is, those are the kinds of things that Mitt Romney was doing when he was presumed to be sitting by During the trap. During his debates, he should have like lifted up his hands and been like, do you see these hornet stings? <laughs> I don't think that's too far off the mark. I kind of wish he had. Grant actually spoke. If he had been allergic and his whole body would have puffed up, that would have been a statement. Yes, it would have. If he If he walked in and like... His whole face was just swollen. Yes, that would have been interesting. It would have been, it would have been, yeah, a talking point. I don't know that the hornet's nest incident happened right before the debate. Anyway, I want to get into more specific details about why this matters in 2019 when we come back from our break. So at the 2012 Republican convention, one of the speakers was Grant Bennett. He didn't tell this story, but he told a number of other stories about serving in the church with Mitt. And I thought they put a very human face on who Mitt Romney is, because Mitt Romney spent all of his time in Christian service. This is the kind of thing that, that people expect Christians to do, to actually go out and help other people one-on-one. -on -one. And Mitt Romney has a huge, huge legacy 
of doing precisely that, and it was something he just wasn't willing to talk about because people don't understand the church, people think the church is strange, and he just wanted to downplay the fact that he was a Mormon, and so all of that kind of went unnoticed. But it didn't go unnoticed among evangelical Christians. And Nancy, going, coming back to Nancy French's article, she says, Take, for instance, Robert Jeffries, an influential pastor of a Dallas megachurch. Do we want a candidate who is a good moral person, he asked at the 2011 vote, Values Voter Summit, or one who is a born-again follower, follower of the Lord Jesus Christ? He said it was imperative to vote for a Christian and that voting for Romney would give credibility to a cult. Televangelist Bill Keller said a Romney election will help ensure at least one million souls will burn in hell. Very precise number. Yeah, at least one also, million. Also, televangelists, oh man, I could go off on them. There's a great John Oliver um, segment on televangelists that everybody should watch. Oh, I've seen that one. It's yeah, it's shocking. Is that the one where he goes after Robert Tilton? Yeah, and all the, and the guy who um, bought a pro- private jet. Because, oh yeah, yeah, because it helps him minister or whatever. And oh yeah, well crazy. I grew up in in Los Angeles. I used to watch Robert Tilton, who would say, "Okay, if you send him a thousand dollars, doesn't matter if you're totally broke, yeah, seed money, yeah, call it. Send him a thousand dollars. He will personally put his hand on and bless it and bless it. Not send it back though, right? Well, what turns out they. ABC's 2020 went and did an investigation and found all of the letters in the dumpster yeah. that just been slivered open, the prayer requests oh, no, still in them, and they just took People out the checks. People like, on their deathbeds would send all this money to them. And... Right. Anyways, yeah, they suck big time. I agree. But these are the people telling you that Mitt Romney is going to cause people to burn in hell, and you can't vote for him. And Mitt no Romney... No man should have all that power. No. I, I, it's a Kanye lyric. I knew you wouldn't know it. I don't know it. but It's embarrassing for you. It is embarrassing for me. I apologize. But Mitt Romney was so distasteful to so many evangelical Christians that a number of them stayed home. How many evangelical Christians are there? Are they a significant voting base? They are a huge voting base. And they are the largest voting base. I don't have a number, but they are the largest voting base in the South. And they determine, uh, essentially who the Republican nominee will be, and and Mitt Romney had to just bend over backwards to avoid getting eaten alive. Throughout the entire 2012 campaign, somebody would rise up and challenge Mitt Romney, and it, either it was Rick Santorum or Newt Gingrich, but the evangelicals couldn't settle on one Romney alternative. Dead? No, he's still alive. Who's dead? Many people. Orrin Hatch, no. Orrin Hatch is still alive. Uh, oh, man. I feel like they're all dead. John McCain. John McCain is dead. Yes. They all look so similar. Uh, I don't think Newt Gingrich White looks anything. bald. None of those people you just mentioned are bald. Yes. Not a single one All of them, of them are. Orrin Hatch. <laughs> Orrin Hatch John, is not bald. John McCain. John McCain is not bald. Are you kidding me? No, neither one of them is bald. Not completely bald, but they're like almost bald. Like, oh, like they I, have hair on the sides. Oh, the tops of their heads are all bald. They're thinning a little bit. but they're... Look up a picture of John McCain right now before he died. Oh, okay. This is probably disrespectful. Well, rest, let's, in, rest, let, in, rest in let's peace. Let's not get into John McCain's hair. Hope you have all your hair back in heaven, that, friend. There you go. So you had all of these people, and they were all insisting that Mitt Romney just wasn't Christian enough to be able to... Um, to be able to be president of the United States. It's like, it's like Goldilocks. It's like, this person isn't Christian enough. This person's too Christian. 
Right. This one's just right, except it's a nightmare because the just right one is Donald Trump. That's exactly right. And all the porridge is on fire. Well, Nancy, Fr- Nancy French gets into... She doesn't have any health insurance. Nancy French gets into all of these people. So Mike Huckabee, who is sickened by the idea that Mitt Romney could be president, told the Christian Broadcasting Network that God wanted Donald Trump to become president because he supported a lot of the things that people of faith really care about. So does God decide every presidential election? I don't know. I uh, I think that uh, God leaves that up to us, how come, doesn't he? Yeah, how come God would let freaking Andrew Johnson be president? Well, that was a bummer. Andrew Johnson, really? He's he's the wor- well. He almost got impeached. Well, yeah, he's the reason why there were Jim Crow laws in the South until like the 1960s. Well, he totally screwed the pooch on Reconstruction. Yeah, that's probably true. I I don't know. He allows uh, my from my experience. You know, I've had a lot of conversations. Richard with, Nixon too. Blech. Well, I've had a lot of conversations with politicians in Utah who feel very strongly that God wants them to run for office. And my reaction to that is, well, then why does God want to humiliate you? Because you're going to lose. And they do. They usually lose. But they run because, oh, God wants me to be a senator. God wants me to be a congressman. God wants me to be the mayor. And you just say, you know what? God is kind of hands off when it comes to elections. He lets people vote how they're going to vote. I don't think he, he colludes in the way that, Everybody thinks that Trump colluded Should with Russia. Should we indict him? Who, God? Yeah. I don't think so. I'm quite a fan. Something myself. to think about. This well, is, if he's colluding. <laughs> if he's colluding. Just kidding. I'm I'm blaspheming. Yes, I don't want to get too blasphemous here. But Nancy French goes through all of this kind of stuff. Uh, uh, Jeffries, the, the, the Robert Jeffries, who had said that, that voting for Mitt was voting for a cult and you can't vote for him and support him. He talked about all the... Isn't everything a cult? I don't know. People always throw that word around so cavalier. Well, it's a cult. This is a cult. I'm like, just... What? I feel... I don't know. I, I, I don't even know what a cult is anymore. Well, that is a Charles good... Manson. That was a cult. Well... Pretty solidly, I would say. The word cult has a very specific sociological definition. All it means is a group of religious followers with a single leader. Christianity in the early years of Christianity was a cult. Uh, is Catholicism a cult? Well, the the problem is that that specific sociological definition of cult no longer seems to apply in common parlance. People don't use the word cult in that way anymore. They use it essentially to insult religions they don't like. My government teacher, Lee Shagan, used to say that the best definition of a cult is someone else's religion. And that's essentially all it is. When you, when you call my church a cult, all you're telling me is what you think of my church. You're I not think, telling me anything I objective about the church. I think when you see like, a ton of ants you know, in one place and it's really gross and disgusting, like when you pull up on your driveway and there's this giant ant hill and there's just a zillion ants, I think that's a cult. Why is that a cult? Because I don't agree with what they're doing and I, they're, they gross me out. So, <laughs> And they all follow a queen. Okay, so cults, do they have to gross you out to be a cult? Um, in my in my worldview, yes. Okay. Pretty much most insects. Well, I mean, there, there are people, you know, when I was going to school, I read a book by a guy named Walter Martin called The Kingdom of the Cults, and the Mormons played a starring role in that, and he considered the Mormons and Jehovah's Witnesses and a bunch of other 
uh, smaller Christians type groups. They weren't Christians. They were all cults. What's the number do you have to pass? I don't know. Is it a million? Well, are the number of people, are the people that Mitt Romney sending to burn in hell? Is that a cult? I don't know. I don't think Mitt Romney sent anybody to burn in hell. I know, but, but quoting the guy before. Right. I, he didn't give any kind Maybe of Maybe a million and one, then that's not a cult. Like, he was so close to not being a cult. Um, well, I, there I'm is, having a lot of good thoughts today. The, these are all good thoughts. There is no objective definition. And the, the difficulty becomes that we have never had a president of the United States who has not been a mainstream Christian. And prior to 1960, we didn't have a president of the United States who was a Catholic. JFK. JFK was our first Catholic president. And there was a lot of brouhaha back then about the idea that Catholicism was essentially a cult. Yeah, and then he got assassinated. So yes, that sucked. Yes. And Marilyn Monroe was there. When when he got assassinated? No, just just during the whole thing. Okay. Do this around. Shout out to Marilyn. Goodbye, Norma Jean. So Joe Biden is a Catholic. I know. We talked about that a lot. We have talked about that a lot. Uh, have we had a Catholic president since since JFK? I don't know. I, I, I think we have. Maybe we haven't. I don't know. It's not as big an issue anymore. But that idea that some religions are spurious, that you cannot trust somebody who belongs to a faith that is different from your own, is one that has guided presidential politics for a very long period of time. Uh, Back to Lee Shagan, my government teacher, he used to have a lesson where he would have everybody in the classroom stand up. And he said, you know, they tell you that anybody can be president of the United States. And he says, except you have to be male. And so he says, so sit down when you're disqualified. And so all of the women in the room would sit down. And he says, and you have to be he go through all of these things and he You have to be um over what 35? Have to be over 35. Everybody sits down. He didn't do that. Class. He should have done that. <laughs> that well that would have defeated the exercise. But then he started going into the religious qualification essentially and all the Mormons had to sit down, all the Jewish people had to sit down. And we've never had a Jewish president. We've never had anybody who hasn't been other than JFK a mainline Protestant. And Religion has played a large role in a lot of these things. And the fact that Mitt Romney's religion was disqualifying, but Donald Trump's lack of religion is not a problem, I think is a key point, and I want to sum this up when we get back for our, after our final break. So there's a certain amount of wisdom in the idea that the ends justify the means with regard to a president's religious affiliation. That I I can... That was a sentence. Yes, it was. Was that not a good sentence? I I just don't know what you're trying to mean by that. Well, there are people who are faithful and religious, including Latter-day Saints, who say, look, we know Donald Trump is garbage as a person. But he's doing things Let's that not we beat like. Let's around the bush. This guy straight up sucks for the most part. I, I, I think it's very difficult to argue that this is a man who has any sense of personal morality whatsoever. Now, one of the people who's rejected him as a result of this is columnist George Will, who is a lifelong Republican. But he has also said he likes the fact uh, 
that we no longer expect the President of the United States to be a moral leader, that he's no longer considered to be a role model. And he thinks that that's a good thing. And I think that essentially started with Bill Clinton. We decided with Bill Clinton that it didn't matter what a president's personal morality was as long as he was doing things we liked. I don't know. I feel like that's gone back way further than that. Well. Thomas Jefferson had affairs with his slave. Well, yeah, I'm not saying that they were better or worse people. But uh, prior to Bill Clinton, all of that stuff wasn't talked about in the press. JFK chased women far more than Bill Clinton ever did. But it back was to Marilyn Monroe again. Back shout to Mar- out, shout out Marilyn Monroe. Shout out Marilyn. Sorry, Jackie O. Yes. I'm a fan of her too. Yes. Well She was so classy. Did you hear that Prince William cheated on Kate? Well, we don't know that for sure. Oh no, I know it for sure. You know that yeah, for sure. Yeah, it's pretty much confirmed. By who? By like the reaction of the British press and stuff and the royal family. Like he cheated on her with Kate's best friend and she was like bragging about it. Yes, she's the Duchess of Chumley, except Chumley's spelled like Chamondoblalli. Yeah, it's spelled ridiculously. It's really weirdly spelled. Yes, this is speculation. I don't want to get sued. I don't know that this is true. Who's going to sue you, the queen? Yeah. I wouldn't put it past her. She did kill Diana. <laughs> oh, jeez. She did not kill yes, Diana. she did. No, she didn't. Anyway, the, the, the idea that our president needs to be a moral leader is something that has been with us since the outset of the republic. And I think that people went out of their way to hide moral indiscretions in order to be able to paint a, a rosier picture of that. And we're way past that now. And maybe there's something good about that, but... It, it just sticks in my craw that Mitt Romney was demonstrably a good man, whether or not you agreed with him, and that didn't mean anything. You used sticks in my craw and demonstrably in the same sentence. All right, well. I don't know how I feel about that. Well, we're going to have to leave it at that then. If you're listening to this on the radio, please be sure to subscribe at the KSL Podcast Center or on iTunes. Until next week, I'm Jim Bennett. I'm Abby Bennett. We'll see you next Go time. Go do your own research about Prince William and Kate and come to your conclusion.